Hey everyone, it's Mariah and Danny. Welcome to our podcast, Behind Behavior, where we take a look at the science behind behavior and how we actually use it in real life. Short disclaimer, nothing we say on this podcast in any way reflects the opinions of our employers or the BACB. All opinions are our own. Also, there may or may not be some explicit language in this episode. One of us tends to swear, and the other one usually doesn't. Join us to find out. All right, Danny, what are we going to chat about today? Today, we're doing another adult job-related topic. We're talking uh, about... Uh, I mean... <laughs> We're going to try to make it fun, and it's a necessary skill. We're talking about networking, professional networking. Woo! I actually <laughs> kind of like this topic, even though I just mm-hmm. want, want you. I mean, it's it's just, it's one of those that just sounds very adult and sounds very, like, not fun. But at the same time, as we're going to get into, every adult professional job I've ever had, I got through networking. All the jobs that I've hated I got through like the traditional applied online, did the interview, stuff like that. <laughs> that's pretty interesting, actually. So, I that's a correlation. Some, yeah, I want to see some statistics on that across fields. Yeah, that's a correlation. So take it as you will. But I don't know. I think networking is a necessary skill that, again, like most people aren't taught. You're definitely not taught in any sort of like class in high school or college or anything. Yeah, networking is one of the, like, sleeper skills. Definitely. But it can really improve your life. Like, it can really change your life. A good job can change your life. Truly. Just like a terrible job can change your life. (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) So we'll start with um, just some of our tips for building a network in general, I think the first one's the most obvious one is just talk to people, get to know people. Um, there's nothing wrong with going to work and doing your job and going home, but if you want to get a little bit more out of it, talk to your coworkers, talk to your supervisors, talk to your staff, and get to know them kind of as people. And then it's easier to maintain a connection if you do leave the position. Maintain a positive connection, I should say. <laughs> Don't burn your bridges. You can burn some bridges, but not all of them. <laughs> right. I definitely think that is the most solid advice on establishing a network. Because you can't really network with people you haven't met unless you're like actively seeking them out on Facebook and then form a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. Which can be really hard because people will easily dismiss you like that. It's mm-hmm. a lot harder to dismiss a physical person in front of you unless you just don't mind being rude I suppose (laughs) fair enough but I feel like there's not like a class on networking because in many ways we just innately do it Mm -hmm. and we don't even recognize it as something we're doing until later on you like call upon that person or remember they said something about someone they were friends with who is now something you're interested in doing. Mm-hmm. I think that like some of the differences between like a networking conversation and a just like for funsies, like general conversation would be some of the intentional 
actions that you take that might be like specifically talking about work. Find out what they do. If they ask what you do, let them know. It's also going to be those follow-up actions. Like if you have a great conversation with a person at the grocery store, that's fine. But then if you didn't save any sort of contact information from them, you kind of lost that contact. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So being intentional about sharing contact information in a safe way, we're not saying just give your contact information out to whoever, but this is also a good way to use like your LinkedIn social media, right? That way you're not giving them like your personal phone number or anything, you know, sharing a first name, not a last name. I don't know, whatever you're comfortable with, but just making that intention that I want to maintain this connection. I want to keep this connection. And to do that, we have to further it outside of this moment in the grocery store or wherever it is. Yes, I have had some very wild encounters that suddenly turned into networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you said you did not have as many wild as experiences networking as I had. So I'll go and share some of mine. One time I found myself in a hot tub in St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay. <laughs> Chatting to, I don't know, some random lady. I'm from the Midwest, so you kind of just chat to everybody. Mm-hmm. And you're in a, a hot tub, you know, flesh is out. It's kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. There's only so many places to look. So what am I going to do to like ease the awkwardness? I'm going to chat. Mm-hmm. I get going, and uh, this rando lady is a BCBA. What are the chances? <laughs> right. I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty fun. I did chat with her and connect a little bit more. That was pretty interesting. She was talking mm-hmm. about going to FABA and all this other stuff I was pretty familiar with. Mm-hmm. That was a good networking running mm-hmm. another time I went to board a plane and this must have been on like a delta flight because we had assigned seats mm-hmm. which was it's very like important in my head to note we had assigned seats because I would not have just talked to some random stranger mm-hmm. but I personally like the window seat so I gave myself the window seat when I booked the ticket the person boarding right in front of me happened to be that person in my middle seat. Mm-hmm. So right off the bat, I was like, oh, don't sit down yet. Like, I'm going to squeeze in through the window that happens to be my same row. We chatted the entire flight. I love that. Um, Ironically, on this flight, I had just gotten an enamel pin that says, this is what a scientist looks like. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of talking it up to my partner like oh my god someone in the airport's gonna see my pin and they're gonna be like whoa you're a scientist (laughs) and it did it happen um not quite like that he was like (laughs) no they're not gonna (laughs) um but it was pretty funny because the girl sitting next to me ended up being a social worker Mm mm-hmm and she's right around the same area I live in Mm-hmm. We did exchange numbers, and ultimately, I started working at the same company she works at. Wild. Right. And I've never seen her again. 
I mean, I will say <laughs> we work virtually, so I've never like ran into her again. Oh, I see. Yeah. But still, right. The same company. I, same company, same place still. I know what town she's in, which is like a town that I drive through often. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm ever around and I'm in that area, I would not have a problem texting her and being like, hey, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just like go grab a bite to eat and see what's going on. One of my last wild stories is I got a job from a Redditor. Like the website Reddit. Yes. Danny, I know you do not frequent Reddit as much as I do because, I mean, I like to troll the internet. Because Reddit's for the trolls. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just for the trolls. Oftentimes, if I'm like, hanging out with teenage clients and I have like a question I can't answer I refer to reddit as the oracle so I'll say like let's ask the oracle (laughs) it's pretty funny (laughs) but yeah one time I was job hunting Mm -hmm. and I found a redditor who had a very similar experience as myself turns out they lived in the same city and then we got jobs at the same clinic and that's how I met her in real life was when I was doing my job interview at that clinic Mm -hmm. um and to this day they are the only person who has ever found out what my reddit username was (laughs) that's okay so from your stories I'm hearing two things first is you are putting yourself out there which I feel like if you're an introverted person like that can be a hard thing to do um but if you don't then you're not going to make any connections at all the other thing I'm hearing is like not all of your connections are BCBAs I think like as BCBAs we get kind of stuck like to our own sometimes a little bit but it's important to maintain those contacts with other people besides BCBAs social workers therapists psychiatrists school administrators case managers because even though they're not behavior analysts, if they work with behavior analysts, it's your, if your goal is to try to get hired as a BCBA somewhere, they'll still let you know. They still, Definitely. you know, they're going to be the one to to let you know, like, hey, our BCBA just left or our company is expanding and we need another BCBA. And those are the people that you're going to be working alongside with in an interdisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. So it's totally cool to branch out. Not all your friends have to be BCBAs. (laughs) Yeah, in that same vein, I keep in contact with every, for the most part, every RBT I had a major hand in supervising with. Mm -hmm. Um, After I'm no longer supervising you is the only time I add people on social media. Mm -hmm. But with that, I can see... Most of my RBTs have a history of like being an RBT somewhere and then they move on to be an RBT somewhere else. So like mm-hmm. most of them actively keep up with their credential and like are still in the field to some capacity or they're mm-hmm. moving on to do more school. Mm-hmm. Those are people who still reach out to me and ask for letters of recommendation. Um, do you know anybody that's hiring? If I'm like, the headhunters anybody who's like frequenting linkedin are ruthless 
Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, you want a new RBT? And then I'll like pull one of my friends and be like, hey, you want a new job? <laughs> yes. That's the other side of networking. I have absolutely helped people get set up in new positions through my network. And I think one of the benefits to networking is you get an idea of the company culture that you're not going to get from the traditional, like applying on Indeed and then going through an interview, mm-hmm. you know, because if you have a per- personal connection with somebody who works there, they're going to give you, if there's tea to spill, they're going to spill it. If there's drama, they're going to tell you the truth of it. Um, Before you start. Before you sign that contract <laughs> <laughs> and get locked in. Um, Another good thing is I worked with a bunch of slps ot's sometimes we work with physical therapists also mm-hmm. those are good people to keep in your tool belt um because they end up frequenting the same places that bcbas are going to be mm-hmm. so they will know if a company they're at or we're at are looking for somebody mm-hmm. and that's another good use of your network is if you need to make referrals um Sometimes I will use my network for personal use also, not Mm -hmm. necessarily like someone who's also a BCBA or someone in our field, Mm -hmm. but I went to school with friends who like are BJJ masters, black belts or something. And I have a question. Mm -hmm. Hey, can you answer this like BJJ question I have? Um, I have friends in marketing, so, I mean, we'll ask them a question about marketing. I have friends who I just keep in contact within my network who aren't necessarily tied to my career, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'll be like, oh, I knew you used to live in Vegas. Like, what is really cool to do in Vegas while I'm out there? Right. You have nothing to do with my job. I'm just, like, staying invested in, like, your whereabouts and things Mm -hmm. you do. And then organically, I have questions. Mm-hmm. And everyone that I've ever, like, even had a blip of a, like, an acquaintance with or whatever and, like, kept in contact loosely will answer. But, I mean, that's assuming you don't burn a bridge with them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, If you burn that bridge, you're you're kind of done. <laughs> But then I also would say you're not networking in that capacity, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I also get random text messages from people I used to be very close to. Mm -hmm. Still don't do anything similar to me. And they'll be like, hey, I saw this and it thought and it like made me think of you or like, hey, I got an alert on my Apple watch and it reminded me about you or, or like I thought you'd really be interested in this. Mm-hmm. So people still connect and network, even if it's outside of like the job scope. Yeah. And I feel like that can open up more possibilities than what you're initially thinking because those friends might know someone else who does something similar to you and then mm-hmm. you can reconnect. So with that even being said, I keep in contact with people or I guess I try to make a point of also keeping in contact with people who are not geographically close to me mm-hmm. because I could have a friend asking me a question from across the U S 
mm-hmm. and they're wondering if I have any connections in Canada. Right. So like they want to connect with my people I'm connecting with through Canada through me because mm-hmm. they don't have any connections or they're seeking more connections or something like Danny and I know some people from Canada, mm-hmm. but you don't know unless you ask. Right. So really it's all about maintaining that connection, which I feel like now in the day and age of like social media, it's easier than ever to do that. And it it doesn't need like once you're an adult, you don't need to talk to your friends every day to maintain that friendship, but just like intermittently checking in and seeing how the person's doing. Or if you see like, you know, a meme or a reel or something that reminds you of them, sending it to them. Hey, this made me think of you or I thought you might be interested in this and just maintaining that friendship. That way you're not, you know, you don't lose touch. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you also don't want to be the person that, like, I haven't talked to you in 10 years and I'm asking you a favor. That's also not a good look. Right. And that is a bit awkward. (laughs) Definitely. But this, like, maintaining kind of intermittent but consistent contact is something that Mariah is very good at, especially on social media. Um, Like, if Mariah wants to talk to somebody, she's just going to DM you. She's just going to comment on your stuff. That's basically how she got associated with Shane Spiker just like commented or DM'd with him on Instagram you know so if if you see somebody like in your field that you would like to get to know a little bit better just comment on their stuff DM them don't be creepy about it but introduce yourself on social media use social media as a way to connect with people that you might never have actually had the chance to meet in person Mm mm-hmm it also like has a benefit if you guys have a mutual interest in something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could see like Shane will post his reading list frequently. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody's following him, but like yeah, Shane has that reading list or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I could see he was a BCBA, but I wasn't necessarily connecting about him being a BCBA. I was connecting mm-hmm. about him reading. <laughs> so. Like, it's just kind of a bonus. Sorry, Shane. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we care that you're a BCBA, but that's, like, not why. <laughs> that's, like, not why I thought you were interesting or that I thought you would read the book that I was recommending to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, being a BCBA, I can assume you like to read certain stuff mm-hmm. or stuff that's, like, more science-y that, I mean, when everybody else... I recommend the book too, I think, are just like, no, I don't want to read that. (laughs) I'll make the book reveal my bits and bobs for today. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. That's fair. But I think that's a really good point, connecting over mutual interests. So like I'm in like a book club on Discord from people that I met on TikTok. And just recently I found out there's like two other people in there who work in an ABA clinic. I think they're RBTs. But so you're finding people, same as you, Mariah, like we're in a Discord chat over like books. It had nothing to do with work, had nothing to do with professional stuff. But now I find out like we're in a similar field. And so that's like another thing that we can talk about and connect with. That is so true because I am in a fitness group. I follow a fitness regimen and I had posted on a comment from someone in this fitness group 
this fitness mm-hmm. group is like 40,000 plus people or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pretty like cult following. Mm-hmm. Someone had commented like in the general feed our general feed in this like group is also just like gym talk so it's yeah. not all fitness related it's like whatever you would talk to your buddy at the gym about which means anything really okay. fair <laughs> enough <laughs> um and they were like hey I'm a BCBA I'm thinking about changing careers like what should I do blah 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 I had commented on there well lo and lol and behold another BCBA had commented on my comment to the overall BCBA's thread mm-hmm. and we hit it off so well that we like started chatting privately and mm-hmm. before I knew it I was enrolling in a fitness competition to do with her individually like her and I as a team mm-hmm. so I flew across the country to meet her at an airport and stay with her family for five days and I wow. never met her before yeah <laughs> and we chat almost every day now we say mm-hmm. like she's like my best friend shout out mm-hmm. to Noelle see and that's amazing and all through like something that was not at all related to work right you just happened to meet her so I think like really networking is all about like figure out what you are interested in but then just put yourself out there to make genuine connections with people who are also interested in those other things very fair I also think that's a good time to let people know if you want to connect with us just do it we're not going to think it's weird. Mm-mm. And I'll probably be the chatty one. I if- do feel <laughs> like I'm introverted and Danny will deny that. No. Yeah, no, you're not introverted. You're you might be like an introverted extrovert, but you are not introverted. I am introverted. And if anybody listeners, if you have reached out to our email or our social media accounts and somebody has gotten back to you, it was Mariah. It, it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do like to let my like house cat vibes take over though. And then sometimes I let my outside cat vibes take over. I don't know. Yeah. Orange cat vibes. Orange cat vibes are always cuz I'm so chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, so to my fellow introverts out there, unfortunately part of networking is um putting yourself out there but it's it's totally worth it I'll tell one of my actually networking like negative stories so I can't wait before we went to graduate school um I graduated with my undergrad with my bachelor's degree in like 2013 with a bachelor's degree in psychology anybody with a bachelor's degree in psychology will tell you you can do nothing with that. Right. <laughs> it's unless you're going to go on to grad school, it's really pointless. You're basically um, homeless. You, yeah. It's not helpful. So <laughs> I spent six months trying to find a job and got like basically the first job that would take me. Um, it was working. It was a caseworker in like uh, for a foster care agency. Very hard. It was not for me. I was there for like a year. Okay. But so again, I I was a year in, I hated it. So I was applying to other jobs through Indeed or Monster or whatever I was using at the time. And I got an interview at another place. Turned out one of my coworkers at my foster care job knew somebody 
and had interned at my, this new job when they were in college and knew the supervisor that I would be working under and warned me that this supervisor was sketchy. I think her exact words were, she's a snake, do not trust her. <laughs> and I was like, I blew it off. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like the job looks good. She seemed nice in the interview, whatever. Nope, that coworker was right. And I should have trusted my network and her network. Wow. Yeah. Cause that... I mean, if you ever had a red flag right in front of your face and dismissed it, that was the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was That was me not picking up on that red flag. I mean, that job did lead me, like, that job is the reason I went back to school for ABA, so it worked out, but your network can also protect you from from things like that. You know, they might have worked at a place before, or they might know somebody who worked at that place before and can tell you what it's really like. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where, obviously, all of our listeners are, Mm -hmm. but especially in the ABA field, when you start to job hop you realize one how many ABA companies there are and Mm -hmm. two how interconnected they all are everybody just job hops from ABA company to ABA company Mm -hmm. however frequently it is Mm -hmm. but before you know it you kind of get like a feel for who's who and who's where Mm -hmm. like I just had a colleague tell me about someone that was at her company and Mm -hmm. I have made a mental note like I will not ever be working at a company that hires that same individual because everything I've heard about them is just Mm -hmm. straight trash that is literally so true especially especially if you're in a rural area but I feel like this can be true for like larger cities as well and even outside of ABA like just in the similar field in general so like I have always worked in like a social services type capacity first job was in foster care and then I went to a community day services for adults with disabilities I was a case manager there and now I'm in ABA but it's like I still know people who have worked in like all those situations all of those scenarios Mm-hmm. And you're right. People kind of hop around from company to company and you start to recognize names and your reputation follows you, positive or negative. And so now, of course, whenever so-and-so applies to a company, if whoever that person's doing the hiring, if they know that name or that reputation, or if they've worked with that person in the past... <laughs> good you know if it's a good reputation then you got the job you're solid Mm -hmm. if it's a bad reputation once you job hop one too many times you're gonna start to have a really hard time getting anybody to hire you at that point definitely I've been at other places where maybe you're hiring and somebody's name comes across the desk and the people who are gonna do the interview go oh do any of you BCBAs know so and so Mm mm-hmm And they take our word of mouth into consideration going into the interview. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. An unofficial recommendation. It can be terrible. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, I I don't know. No holds bar. If, If you're a terrible coworker and I get the chance to give like my two cents, if I want you as my coworker or not. Mm -hmm. I'm protecting my work-life balance and saying no. 
Absolutely. And for the good of your clientele and the good for, for the good of your company. You know, I have seen a lot of people do a lot of shady stuff in my previous position. And so now if I see those names come up again, I, I'm going to say something <laughs> because I don't want or if I don't trust that person to work with my residents, with my clientele, you know, for their own safety and well-being. I'm not going to put that at risk if I don't have to, if I have some sort of say. Mm-hmm. I also, this is going to be so, hopefully this doesn't strike too hard of a chord with everybody, but I have been that person who's picked up a client from a fellow BCBA coworker who thought they were like a super hot shot, like the person of the office or whatever. I'd get their stuff and none of the data would be updated. None of the graphs were updated. Their Mm -hmm. authorizations were like completely past due. No assessments had been done in months. Like Mm -hmm. their behavior plan was outdated. No one was trained on it. And I'm thinking like, you're going to hand me this heaping pile of trash. And you're going to tell everyone in the office wow, I'm such a wizard at Excel. Wow, I'm so good at these skills, blah, blah, blah. Also, if it's 2023, if you're bragging that your networking skills include Excel proficiency, stop. <laughs> right. Everybody is proficient at Excel. And Watch if you're a YouTube not, video. We can all <laughs> Google. Like, literally. Just full stop on that one. No one cares if you're proficient in Excel. (laughs) That's honestly like a bare minimum standard at this point. But it's like, I don't want to consistently take on new clients and have to overhaul all of their stuff because you decided you just weren't going to be a BCBA to this client for the previous six months, but not ever offload them sooner. That is so true. Like ABA in general is a big field, but when you start working in a community, it becomes real small real quick. And similar as to other things we've been talking about, you get a reputation and people learn, you know, oh, I'm getting a client from this person. I know they're on their stuff. I, you know, I can't wait to see what skills they've been working on, or I'm getting a client from this person. I might as well start from scratch because I know nothing's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And that reputation will follow you as, you know, clients have to change behavior analysts for a variety of reasons. You know, they might move, they might go into a different program. They might, you know, the previous behavior analyst might not be able to serve them for one reason or another. It's going to happen. And you're going to see other BCBA's names on, I don't know, insurance paperwork, reports, plans, all that stuff. And that's just another kind of indirect network where you're going to learn reputations of people that you may or may not have actually met in person, but you've seen their permanent products. Yeah, this is also a public service announcement that other BCBAs are going to see your work. A hundred percent. Also, don't do that to another BCBA. <laughs> like, yeah, because you want to stay in good standing in that indirect network that you're building just by putting your permanent products out there. For sure. Mm-hmm. Your name's attached to it, good or bad. Danny, last yes. time I gave you a challenge to get a LinkedIn. What's the verdict on that? 
so I I looked at LinkedIn. Ugh. But I didn't sign up. <laughs> Man. I'm, I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I didn't sign up. I did look at it. But truthfully, for me, in the area that I live in, I'm not planning to move out of this area anytime soon. For me, networking is more effective way of job searching for me. And at this point, I've been working in this field since like 2015. I have a pretty decent network. Oh my gosh, that's almost 10 years. That's ridiculous. Right. Um, so I have a pretty decent sized network. And nowhere that I would um, apply even looks at LinkedIn because I live in a pretty rural area. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest, people... I looked at it, but I didn't sign up. I mean, I don't think people necessarily look at LinkedIn when you're like being considered for a job. Yeah. I'm, I'm also not... not a recruiter, but Me sometimes neither. I'll get messages from recruiters that are like, hey, I reviewed your profile on LinkedIn. You meet all these job qualifications. And it's like, you're a BCBA. And then everything else in the messages misspell. And it's like, did you just see my title that I was a BCBA? And that's all you did to review my profile? Because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not convinced. <laughs> see, that seems like those like marketing emails we get from the BACB. Yeah. I'm not interested in getting any more of those. Um, I do just from what I looked at, I do feel like LinkedIn might be helpful if you're just starting like to help build your network. But also if you're interested in applying to like some of the larger ABA companies or like some sort of like tech focused company like Data Finch or something, I could see their recruiters maybe leaning more into that. But if you're going to be at like smaller in-person clinics or c- companies for me it didn't feel beneficial but i could see how it would be beneficial for other people i will say one benefit i feel like linkedin has is i've been able to connect with other bcbas i haven't met in person which means i mm-hmm. can also see some more like kind of real time stuff that they're researching because they'll put out prompts and polls and stuff on LinkedIn that I can mm-hmm. give feedback on. Um, I just logged on to my LinkedIn account for S and G and giggles. And mm-hmm. my first like thing on my feed is from a BCBAD asking for input from RBTs and BCBAs in the field. My second thing is like a ABA company ad. Third one is asking a question about BCBA over turnover and the reason that keeps BCBAs uh, holding on or like mm-hmm. why we wouldn't want to leave and why we're so fatigued that we want to leave the field. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, it's like, another ABA related one but it's asking is ABA bad okay controversial and only then does it like go into stuff about like my personal network but even then it's like the person it went into was a teacher and then the next person was a licensed social worker Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you can kind of meld uh who you're seeing what content you're seeing But a lot of my LinkedIn is a lot more 
ABA centric. Sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that could also be a reason why I don't log on often because sometimes I am burnt out from seeing like ABA centric stuff. Yeah, I had sometimes you need before, a break. Right. I'd mentioned before, like sometimes I don't want to see ABA stuff on my personal like social media feeds because mm-hmm. I'm just checked out. And then I think everything ABA related that I'm seeing is like unreasonably annoying. And I don't. <laughs> I don't normally feel like that, but if I'm right. like not trying to hear it, then I'm not going to hear it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, honestly. <clears throat> but I do think it is, it is definitely a good tool to like stay in contact with people who you've separated from geographically. Because mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends on there from undergrad. It's like, sure, I don't keep in contact with you like every day. And maybe we've moved across the country from where we were. But it's nice to know, like, I could come into town and we can still link up about whatever. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. someone you know is a BCBA in your new town. It doesn't have to go to be, like, another BCBA-centric conversation. But if I wanted to feel it out, maybe I want to move there. (laughs) For sure. I don't know. It's all kind of beneficial, but it definitely is. um, It'll give what you put into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing with social media. You can really make it work for you if you work at it to build that network or that algorithm. Yep. So if I've learned anything, apparently I'm not an introvert and networking is what you put into it so there you have it folks for those of us who are introverts we got to put in a little extra effort but it pays off for sure i mean for the people who are introverted social media networking might be your go-to yeah it's a good place to start if you are uncomfortable talking to people in person it's definitely a good place to start if you're also uncomfortable like reaching out to people on the internet like I am, get over it. <laughs> if you want to make connections, you're going to have to put yourself out there in some form. You're uncomfortable reaching out to people on the internet, Danny. Oh, yeah. I don't DM people I don't know. Oh, I DM. And if you don't have anything to say to me, then no skin off my back because nobody knows that I DM'd you. <laughs> yeah. I will say I'm not just, like, sliding into random people's DMs, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We can't make me out to just being, like, some weird, cringy, like, DM slider. I would say that's pretty rare. (laughs) It's usually contextually, like, appropriate. Oh, yeah. But still, just, I mean, just the act of DMing somebody that you don't know can be intimidating. And see, that's why, Mariah, I don't think you're an introvert. (laughs) Because for me, the act of DMing somebody I don't know, that's putting myself out there. Like, that's uncomfy. But I'll literally be like, oh, cool story. Look at what I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's things that we can practice. But even though it's like scary in in our head as introverts, realistically, that's a very low stakes thing to do. I mean, what are they going to do? Not DM you back? That's not that bad. So that's a good way to practice. 
And by the time they don't DM you back, hopefully you forgot you even DM them. See, that's how I know you're definitely not an introvert because I will keep thinking about it for years. <laughs> really? <laughs> At least weeks. Yes. I'm if shook. I DM somebody and they didn't ever answer me back. Yeah, your mind can give you all kinds of crazy thoughts about that. Tell me you don't have anxiety without telling me you don't have social anxiety, Mariah. <laughs> Are you kidding? I think I have generalized anxiety disorder. Oh, we just have I just different symptoms, man. To be diagnosed appropriately. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, let's save the diagnosis chat for another day. <laughs> All right, so what are your bits and bobs going to be this week, Danny? So for me, I went to the eye doctor recently, and I got contacts again, which I haven't had contacts in, like, 10 years or something since my early 20s. I switched to, like, glasses full-time. I got contacts again, and I'm still adjusting to them. Like, they still feel a little bit weird, but I love them. I can do so much now that I couldn't do with my glasses. Like... <laughs> shower I can see in the shower that one fact blows my partner's mind he's like well you can't see in the shower and I'm like dude I can't wear my glasses in the shower they're gonna get wet and foggy (laughs) so you just have to do it blind that is hilarious yeah so if you're somebody out there and you have the option to wear contacts you have you know I don't know insurance or whatever and you can do that give it a try what about you, Mariah? What's your oh, bits and bobs? Well, I can't help but think that you got contacts before we go snorkeling with sharks so you can see the sharks. That So i had been wanting contacts anyway, but that was a catalyst because I can't wear my glasses under goggles. And then I couldn't see sharks. I'd I will say blind. being a frequent contact wearer since mm-hmm. like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep in your contacts at all. Oh, no. You can get eye ulcers, which just creeps me out. And then, since we are planning on snorkeling, I mean, I was a swimmer and I always swam with my contacts in with goggles over. I never had an issue. Mm -hmm. But if you're scared about your goggles malfunctioning, you should Mm -hmm. definitely pack a pair of travel contacts in case they, like, wash out or something. Because, well... If you just travel in general and you wear contacts frequently, you should always travel with a fresh pair of contacts because you just you don't case. know. Yeah, you don't yeah. know. Something's yeah, no. always going to happen. And I've had to use those like travel contacts in an emergency. Absolutely. No, I I mean, are you telling this to me or to listeners at large? Because, you know, I you used to be, and listeners I say, you know, I was a lifeguard, right? And I wore contacts during that time. So you don't Look, have to tell me know. about opening my eyes with contacts. Girl. I know. Uh, trust me. <laughs> and you know how insurance is. It'll be like, you can get one pair of glasses for the next four years. Yes. So, like, if you need prescription goggles, mm-hmm. that's probably out of pocket. What bits and bobs, wreck do you have for us today, Mariah? Okay, I had a different Bits and Bobs, but I switched it because I said I would recommend everybody read the book that I recommend to Shane, which is Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor. It was a New York Times bestseller, a Washington Post notable nonfiction book of 2020, um, and it was also named 
a best book of 2020 by NPR. And I was recommended this book originally from my fitness coach. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, my only regret about this book was not reading it immediately. Oh, dang. Okay. This is another one of the very few books that I have kept the physical copy of Mm -hmm. to reread because it blew my mind. That is high praise from Mariah. This book was it. Like, it was so good. (laughs) I couldn't stop reading it. I just, like, Danny knows if I'm really into something, I'll just, like, inhale it at an unusual speed. Right. And this was one of those books. Like, did you know that your nose gets an erection? No. Right. Well, this book will tell you about it. (laughs) You get a nose erection and it's all about breathing and how like fascinating it is. It talks about like extending your jaw and what we should be eating to optimize our breathing and how like Mm -hmm. mouth breather breathers are, you know, negative. If anybody's familiar with stranger things, they always use mouth (laughs) breather as like a, like a derogatory. derogatory term. Right. Yeah. They talk about how like, um in mexican culture they'll like move the chin of an infant closed because they don't want them to become mouth breathers because mouth breathing is not an appropriate or efficient way of breathing interesting Um, so we got like a little bit of biology a little bit of history oh a little bit of psychology all of it interesting and throughout like the whole theme of the book is he'll give you a background on breathing and he'll Mm -hmm. give it to you from like a cultural standpoint and a caveman standpoint of how we've evolved so how our mouth was like sized up to breathe appropriately Mm -hmm. and then that affects like our teeth structure Mm -hmm. um and then everything like in your nose and like your face and then he actually does a experiment with someone else i can't recall but they do an experiment together and document it throughout the book so he takes his own data they match all of the same like controls and whatnot and see how it turns out but this book changed my life (laughs) That's a bold statement. I will say this is going to sound super weird, but for the past several years, my fitness coach had read this and then suggested that my partner and I change our sleeping cabinets to incorporate taping our mouths closed while we sleep. Okay, that... It's a little weird. Sounds super weird, but we fully embraced it and it has literally been a game changer. Interesting. So some of the science behind taping your mouth shut is covered in this book. And that's originally where he had gotten this idea. And my quality of sleep plummets if I don't incorporate tape. Interesting. That's wild. 
it's that's why I said it's a game changer literally changed my life and I have really good sleep quality now and this is coming from someone who is diagnosed as a chronic insomniac mm-hmm. so if you like science and like to learn things this might be up your alley for the record too I don't think Shane has ever read this book <laughs> <laughs> So that is our bits and bobs for the day. Danny, do you want to tell us what our next episode is going to cover? So two weeks from today, we are going to be doing our next goals check-in. We've been doing these quarterly. So that's two weeks from now. But tune in next week, October 5th, for another hot take. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at Behind Behavior Pod, on Facebook at Behind Behavior. Or if you're old school, send us an email at contactbehindbehavior at gmail.com. Smell you later. Bye.